Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm John. And you're listening to Parenthetical. So this episode, we're going to be looking at three superhero movies of the summer of 2017. That is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Wonder Woman, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Selected to be in that order because they were released in that order. Mm. So you want to just get right to it? Clever bit of... Sure, maybe a little context. Okay. Is generally... I'm a little surprised we're doing a superhero movie episode because if you know John and I, you know, we often aren't big fans of the big superhero things. Yeah. Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Avengers 2, you know, Thor, all of the... The newer Batman movies. Where's this going? I'm just saying, we're not a big fan of any of those. And I think that that context is important. Mm. Oh, sure. Because there's some people that if you set them in front of a superhero movie, they're going to like it. We are not those people. This is weird. We've got a sovereign fleet approaching from the rear. Why would they do that? Probably because Rocket stole some of their batteries. Dude! Right. He didn't steal some of those. I don't know why they're after us. What a mystery this is. What were you thinking? Dude, they were really easy to steal. That's your defense? Come on. You saw how that high priestess talked down to us. Now, I'm teaching her a lesson. Well, I didn't realize your motivation was altruism. It's really a shame the Sovereign have mistaken your intentions and are trying to kill us. Exactly. I was being sarcastic. Oh, no, you're supposed to use a sarcastic voice. Now I look Guardians of the Galaxy 2 follow Star-Lord and company as they avoid a furious and vengeful race of aliens and encounter a being claiming to be a Star-Lord's father. Um, I really like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And this one continues to be... It was funny, and the actors are good, especially Chris Pratt. I don't want to like him, but I can't deny. I don't. He's funny. I good. don't know why you even do the resistance thing. He's just funny. He's because a very I, funny actor. Because Channing Tatum is better. John. But okay, what? we'll get. Let's not get into this. <laughs> you can like more than one attractive <laughs> no. white man, no. by the way. Like it's allowed. <laughs> so it's funny. It is funny. Um, I think it's less funny. Yeah. I think there's more misses than in the first one. Uh, I don't really, you know, I compare it like that. I thought it was good. I like Kurt Russell in it. You'll compare Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum, but you won't compare Guardians of the Galaxy 1 to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So, this movie, it's all like a big, um, it starts out and they're getting chased down and they have the thing and they... They crash and they're getting chased by the people that you talked about in the in the synopsis. There, they stole some batteries. Yeah, it's a little bit arbitrary, honestly. Yeah, because then they encounter Star Lord, someone who's being claimed Star Lord's dad. Yeah, and it kind of goes from there. And this is is this guy um, up to something with ulterior motives? Star Lord's dad being Kurt Russell, who is very, very funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, something I really liked about this movie, it's. Something I didn't realize I was missing in superhero movies, but really liked about it was that this is the first superhero movie I've seen where I feel like this story could be like a two or three magazine or comic book arc, you know? It just felt like a comic book to me more than a lot of other ones, you know? It's like they're in the city and there's the bad guy and they got to stop the bad guy from destroying the world. This isn't all about that. I mean, it is, but it has some sort of weird fiction aspect to it, you know? Mm. It's more sci-fi and, like, 
I don't know. I could just see. I just like that about it. It seemed a little more pulpy, I guess, and not so serious with itself. Yeah. Like something, if it was condensed down to 30 minutes and there wasn't such big spectacly action sequences, you know, it would be on like Twilight Zone or something. Yeah. It gets that sort of story. So I really like that about it. It's not the typical Marvel story. I thought that it did some interesting thematic work. That it's about family, um, which a lot of movies are, air quotes, about family and say all the time things like, we're a family. And I hate those cheesy, cringy lines of, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're not friends, we're a family. And this is guilty of that. But it also succeeds, I think, in a lot of ways about showing what is a son, what is a father, what is a sister, mm. what these things mean, how are, are they connections that matter? Are they connections that can be denied? Um, I didn't get that from it. What? That's literally <laughs> all it is about. Yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I get that on, you know, on a, on a, on a thinky level. I didn't get that watching the movie. I was too distracted by everything else going on, I guess, <laughs> in the movie. Some, some movies sit home with the theme, and this one I just didn't, it's okay, it's okay, I just didn't really feel it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you mentioned pulpy. Yeah. It got a little goofy for me at times. I thought it was weird for it to be goofy. When, like what? I don't know. A, a shot that has stuck with me just because I was like, mm, was when they're landing on the planet. They're landing on a planet that is this being that's Star-Lord's dad or whatever that's saying he's Star-Lord's dad. And the planet is like frowning and has Kurt Russell's face. It's cool. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, I guess some stuff like that. Like, um, there's a lot of, I guess, kind of like the mummy, right? With like the CGI faces. Yeah, it happens later too. Yeah, where his face is like made of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's definitely it's more goofy. Well, that's another thing though. I really like this movie stuck out to me because it's not playing that for laughs. Well. No, but it's, it's playing just, it. This movie, it's like more than any movie. other Marvel movie, I feel it's like a comic book, more than any other one, not only because of the type of story it is, not only because of the CGI stuff like that, but also because of the colors of the characters. Like, you know, when they made these old comics books, it had to be like um, certain colors, right? They didn't have like all millions of colors that we can print on now mm-hmm. and do it cheaply. Yeah. Like you've seen like in our Swamp thing. Yeah. That, that comic book run. Um, the colors are like green and pinkish and kind of colors like that. And this movie sticks to that. And it really feels like it could have been out of a comic book. And not a lot of them do that. You know, a lot of them are more desaturated, which is not like what comic books are. Yeah. And this one is, and so it all adds to it. And there's feel more than any of the other Marvel movies. It feels like a good pulpy comic book to me. So I like all that stuff. Now, about the direction though. It's funny, right? It is funny. It was funny. The one huge hindrance of this movie, first of all, I think it's a little long, could have been a little shorter, mm. but um, the plotting is pretty good, though, actually. But the, the one thing that really stuck out to me as a big detriment is James Gunn. He's a really funny director. He's a really good writer, but the action sequences did not work for me at all. 
And it's a problem when the last 20 or 30 minutes is just a big action sequence. Yeah. It's just not very good. And it was really disappointing. It's just a bad, and it's also the ending. And also it's like a bad note to end the movie on too. I agree that I can't remember anything about any of the action sequences, yeah. so they can't have been that great. And also, I don't think that the poignancy worked. Yeah. The well, first... <laughs> what, what part could have even been poignant? Well, I don't even know what you're they, talking about. Trust me, they were there. <laughs> they were there. If if you didn't even get the family themes, I doubt you got the fleeting yeah. well, parts that were supposed to be poignant. Yeah. And when you're going to make also the romance aspect Mm -hmm. if you're gonna make like say out loud we're like sam and diane from cheers they're like the great you know off on again off again couple if you're gonna say we're sam and diane you better have some kind of freaking is this star lord and the green lady yes yeah you you don't know okay that doesn't even make any it's not even they're not even like in it like they're not even like it's not there's no scenes about them being in a relationship together not palpable at all it really does no. not work at all the romance part even a little yeah but it is funny and also Groot mm-hmm. and um rocket rocket being my favorite characters from the first one i think that they're not not given a a great now they're not in this one they're not but um that guy who's like his Okay, that stuff, the one thing, okay, I did like, I forgot about all of this stuff, but that guy who is his, like, the guy who brought him up yeah, from the first movie with the whistling arrow, yeah, I did like his stuff, and I did like, um, I get, that's the only part where the poignancy almost landed was with that guy. So you're saying the poignancy between Star-Lord's actual there's dad. A few, there's a few parts. You're saying the part between Star-Lord's actual dad and, and Star-Lord is the bad stuff? Because I agree, the the stuff between him and his like adoptive father was pretty good, but the other stuff kind of fell flat. I didn't even notice it was there, so obviously it must have <laughs> fell flat. So, um, rating, I grant it a B. It's funny, but I'm... it was above average of other Marvel movies, but not quite great. If I had just seen it, I think you're right. If I, I'm comparing it a little too much to the first, if I had just seen mm-hmm. it without liking the first one so much, I'll give it a B yeah. on its own. That's your leader? How could he say that, believe that? And, and you, with your duty to simply give them a book, you didn't stand your ground, you didn't fight. Because there was no chance of changing his mind. This is Ares, and he's not going to allow a negotiation or a surrender. The millions of people you talked about, they will die. We are Might going we... anyway. You mean you were lying? I'm a spy. That's what I do. How do I know you're not lying to me right now? I am taking you to the front. We are probably going to die. This is a terrible idea. We're going to need reinforcements. Diana, who has spent her entire life sheltered on an island of warrior women, must venture into the outside world to discover the truth about her own origins and the nature of war and the world of man in Wonder Woman. So I like that this movie is set during World War One, right? That's cool. Isn't it two? I think it's one because there's trenches, trench warfare. And then there's the the villain is really cool. The gas mask and everything. I like the villain a lot. One of the villains. One of the villains. Doctor Poison. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Um, every scene she's in is really good. She's really good. Now Really scary. Yes. Yeah, right. Genuinely scary. And I don't feel that. 
um, about these movies generally, they don't really have good villains for me, like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Though the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was successful in not really having a villain, like an active villain, it just sidestepped that entirely from having an active villain. And this one, they do have active villains, and she's good, I think. Um, usually the active villains are not actually the active, like in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, I don't like the villain. But I'll get off of that for now. This movie, the villain's good. <laughs> this movie, the villain's good. But underutilized, I thought. She wasn't... Uh, was she well, wasn't, that's the thing, is you're yeah. saying she's like the villain, but I don't think she is. Unfortunately. She's not. She should have been. She should be, yes. Because every... Like, even though she, like, did technically less stuff than the other kind of villains... Yeah. I, I feel her more. And yeah. she's, like, way better. I remember her much more than the other villains. Yeah, so she should have been in it more. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, she maybe she will be. Oh, yeah. Continue, continue on in the franchise, and she should. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated the earnestness of the writing of Diana and of Gal Gadot's performance. What do you mean? I thought it was very endearing. I just really believe her. her when she's her like virtue. When she's like I learning. Um, I usually don't like the scenes where the thing who hasn't been in human society learns stuff, but I actually like them here. Well, no, I'm not she, talking about her naivety. Although no. I did, I well, I liked some aspects of that and some not. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, what I'm talking about is in a lot of she's not snarky. That's what I mean. Yeah. In a lot of superhero movies, the. There's, they're supposed Everyone's to be not. virtuous, but it's always undercut by them having to say some kind of stupid one-liner or, like, be too cool for school. Mm. But she just honestly believes in good and wants to help people, and that's all. She's not, like, cracking jokes about it. I think about that. The other superheroes are kind of selfish. And kind yeah. Of, they're like, I'll do it, but, like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a, something cool while I do it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to really care. Yeah. But... Diana but Diana seems to really care. Yeah, that's good. And um, and it makes you care about her, and and worry for her because she's and now into the naivete. So she's been pulled out of this island where, while she's been trained as a warrior, she's basically been completely protected and in a bubble. Yeah. And has very naive beliefs about the black and whiteness of good and evil, and is learning about that um, in the world of man. And I like aspects of that. I do like aspects of it. I thought that the themes of learning that even in the face of of evil being more complicated than you thought it was, you can still believe in the simplicity of love. Yeah. Um, and how that can defeat evil. I like all of that. She did have a kind of, I'm going to call it a dog knowledge conundrum. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> where there's this thing where in like media where dogs can talk, right? They'll know all of the words to describe something, but not a thing. It doesn't make sense what they know and what they don't know. Yeah. They'll be like, throw the yellow fuzzy spherical object. And you're like, the dog doesn't know the word ball. I got it. That's the joke. Yeah. She kind of did that sort of thing where she knew, like she didn't need biological warfare explained to her but then when she encountered the word front she was like front of what and i was like that's the word she doesn't know Uh, i didn't get what she didn't didn't know it's so hard because if you if you were to really make a movie about somebody who actually knew nothing 
That'd be a, like four hours of them just actually learning all of these things. <laughs> That's the thing. So you have to stick at the jokes. It just doesn't work, right? They made it so that she read a lot, right? So she knew about all kinds of things from reading about them. So just th- throw away those stupid jokes about front yeah. of what? That they yeah. don't need to be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, now for the... the I'll talk a little bit about the overall structure of this movie. It's good. It's two and a half hours long, but you know it really doesn't feel like that necessarily. I no. thought it's um, it's it, it is pretty good, but I just didn't like um. I was saying there's about seven or eight things that happen in this movie, right? Yeah, like eight actual story moving beats, which is good usually. You know, that's how many movies should have probably about eight. But but in this movie. It's eight things that happen, and there's basically one scene or sequence for each of these eight things. And so it gets a little boring. Like, you know, it's just like maybe four or five of these beats that happen are fights, five 20-minute long fights, basically. And there's not much drama that happens in between these beats um, because of that. I think there's pacing issues. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. I think it's a little end-heavy. Of of those moments you've mentioned... A lot of them happen in, in rapid succession at the end. The most important, like, actual character-changing, thought-changing things are on the last, like, 20 minutes. There's not time for you to breathe in between some of the important ones. Uh, I will say that self-sacrifices are a dime a dozen. I don't even I don't even consider this a spoiler, because if you go to see a blockbuster movie, um, Somebody's gonna do 95% it. chance... <laughs> At least, at least these days, one, probably multiple people, for some reason, are going to do self-sacrifices. There's one in Garden of the Galaxy. John, I'm telling Holy you, cow. they're everywhere. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's so many. But anyway. So this one works, though? This one actually works. They very right. often fail and fall on their face. Because you're like, one, why does this person have to redeem themselves? Two, there's another way to do it, you know? Yeah. There's always so many issues. But this one just works, and nice. I will. Th- yeah, I give it a pat <laughs> on the back for that. It's a good one. Um, quickly before we get to the rating here, uh, uh, I just want to mention briefly that the direction is good, but there are some weird shots. Just there like the camera, there's weird odd, things. A couple but it was odd very choices. unique. Oh, too too much slow motion. I'm gonna throw oh, that yeah, out there too. Motion. Way over. So the camera the work, motion. the videography itself is kind of whack. I would say. <laughs> and because of that, and because of the other things I complained about, I want to give it a C. Do you know what? What? Having talked about Wonder Woman, I realized that I like it more than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Wow. So I want to give Wonder Woman a B, and I want to retroactively give Guardians of the Galaxy 2 a C. All right. Yeah. Previously on Peter Screws the Pooch, I tell you to stay away from this. Instead, you hacked a multi-million dollar suit so you could sneak around behind my back doing the one thing I told you not to do. Is everyone okay? No thanks to you. No thanks to me? Those weapons were out there and I tried to tell you about it, but you didn't listen. None of this would have happened if you had just listened to me. (laughs) If you even cared, you'd actually be here. I did listen, kid. Who do you think called the FBI, huh? 
Do you know that I was the only one who believed in you? Everyone else said I was crazy to recruit a 14-year-old kid. I'm 15. No, this is where you zip it, all right? The adult is talking. What if somebody had died tonight? Different story, right? Because that's on you. And if you died, I feel like that's on me. In Spider-Man Homecoming, sophomore Peter Parker fights crime in his neighborhood, hoping to prove Hold himself. On, John, you sound like you're making fun of it. <laughs> I am. In Spider-Man Homecoming, sophomore Peter Parker fights crime in his neighborhood, hoping to prove himself to the Avengers, but stumbles upon conflict more dangerous and complex than he had anticipated. Now, first of all, it's the third Spider-Man. I don't. Okay, I don't want to talk about this too much, but let's get out of the way. This is the third Spider-Man reboot, like in the two thousands. Yeah. So kind of wild. It's too much, and we'll get back to that later. But I will say up front here, this movie surprised me because it's actually quite good. Both of us walked out shocked. Like actually, like I couldn't believe what I just witnessed. It was like a Marvel movie that was like actually just good. There's no good. like buts, really. It's good. This is good. It's honestly very good. I had no expectations for it. We are not fans of the Amazing Spider-Man at all. I think all. it's. I think it's. Is it over two hours long? I think it is. I don't even know. I, 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 time, I don't know. I lost time. Yeah. Time is foreign to me when I watch this movie because it actually <laughs> is just. It just goes and it's just enjoyable and all the way through. And it's just as long as it should be, and then it's over. Yeah, I don't even know. Questioning how long. There's no yeah. point. Because as long as it should be. Yeah. Because no scene is filler here. It's just solid movie writing, just pacing, the direction. It's funny. Spider-Man is good. The kid who played Spider-Man, I thought he was going to be kind of annoying. Yeah. Not... Unfortunately, the weakest part of this movie is the opening. Um, what like is the, 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 opening? the first ten minutes. This thing where he's talking to a smartphone for some reason. Oh. Um. I had bad. I was scared. This is what sets up. I was scared of that part. That his energy is going to be like really grating and irritating. I was like, I can't watch a whole movie of this. But luckily, it was just that part. And, and the then his, really good. And then his energy gave way to, I really like his energy. It really is like a teenager. It's like an actual young person. Yeah. Where he's just excited about things, they but kind not of in an oversell way. it in that beginning. So the beginning part is him like doing a video essay, like a YouTuber, basically. Like just live getting streaming. some rapid fire exposition out of the way. Yeah, there's too much energy in that part, isn't it? it I is, think there's. It's I think. I think it might have oversold that to say off the bat, this Spider-Man is an energetic Spider-Man. Yeah. And then it actually, but but I forgot about it. Yeah. Because you know the, he's not really like that for the rest of the movie, and it's just a good amount of energy. The rest and, of the movie more than makes up for that annoying yeah. section. He has a good friend in high school. Yeah. A good friend. I mean, he's a good friend, but also he's a good character. He's really funny. He seems like a real high school friend. Seems like a real high school friend for sure. It's just like it's a good relationship together. I love that they're actually kids. Yeah. Because this, <laughs> a big chunk of this movie, oh, um, the whole movie, I don't know why I said a big chunk. The whole movie is about being young. It's about trying to prove yourself to adults as a young person that's, you know, stuck in that space between kid and yeah. adult. Um, adults don't take you seriously and that frustrates you and then you act out and you screw up proving them right and that's really frustrating yeah it uses um, the kidness you know yeah. other movies and all the other movies spider-man movies he's also a kid in high school but but you don't e feel it at all even if you get ones. those scenes where he is a, being a kid in high school you know the theme is not related to yeah. it yeah even if he's like you feel that yeah he's a he's a high school or whatever yeah 
You know, but this movie actually the theme is all integrated into that. It's genuinely and it works really well. It is about being that young and yeah. having um that amount of responsibility. It's good. And wanting wanting to get responsibility. He doesn't need to have any. Yeah, you genuinely feel that frustration. It's like when people get like the baby doll when they bring home, you know, and they have to learn responsibility and take care of like a baby doll for high school. It's just like that. You know, you have to seek out responsibility because people want to take care of stuff. And he wants to, too. But he wants to take care of the whole city. And that makes it more, it, it makes it a lot more dramatically affecting when he messes up. Because you're rooting for him, too. And you want him to prove himself. Yeah. And then when he messes up, it's really sad. Yeah. And you feel his fear. Not only for the other people, but yeah, a lot of movies, you know, if the superhero messes up or if the hero messes up, how often do you feel bad for the superhero? Usually, or for the hero, usually you feel bad for the people who blew up in the plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. This movie, you feel bad for them, but also for Spider Man himself. You yeah. Know? And it's hard to get people to feel that, he I think. He's just trying his best. Yeah. Um, now, this movie, in sharp contrast to Wonder Woman, there's so much creativity in this movie. All the scenes are really cool. The, the action sequences are well directed. You know, there's not really extended fight scenes like there are in Wonder Woman or yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's just really creative, fun things. Like they go to the Washington Monument. There's like a hijacking on like a, on a truck on the highway. Um, there's a ferry. Yeah, it's just a it's just a lot of fun, interesting things that happen, and he keeps discovering new things about his suit. Um, it's a lot of creativity in this movie. Every scene, and there's a lot of scenes here. Every scene is different, and every scene brings something new to the table. It's not just people talking or just extended fighting. It's like a really, honestly new, cool, funny, and fun thing that's happening. Funniest of the of the three. Yes. Even funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, it does have some jokes that reek of some, there's five, is it five or six people on this? There's a lot of writers. Writing credits. Yeah. Um, the, while the overall writing, the big picture writing is really excellent. I mean, really good. Yeah. Yeah. There is a few jokes and things that and like expo- lines of exposition that really reek of somebody went over it and was like I can throw a joke in here <laughs> it's like a uh, yeah. not necessary so there's a few misses um some sloppy exposition but other than that the big picture writing is perfect there's some little writing issues the villain it's very good we've been saying good villain good villain but Michael Keaton <laughs> in Spider-Man Homecoming is like a, a good, good villain ass villain every time michael keaton is there he can't look away it's so good because i love a villain that makes sense i like a villain that makes you question if what he's doing is justified lots of villains just smash stuff up and you it's not even a real human drama that's causing them to do it but michael keaton is not he's not evil He's not, like, cold-blooded. No. He's just doing something that he feels is what he needs to do. No. And that doesn't mean that he's not scary, though, because he's very scary. I would say 95% of villains, even if they start out that way, become power-hungry. Yeah. It's like they start out that way, and they're like, hey, 
like Doc Ock, for instance. Doc Ock right, starts exactly. out stealing stuff and then he's just power hungry at some point. They'll, they'll start. Yeah, there's a lot of. But this one just does it all the way through. It, he just has yeah. clear motivation all the way yeah. through. It doesn't change really. That's very true. There's a lot of villains that start with when you say their origin story. It's like, and you ah, don't feel that's it where he came from. Yeah. But then it's not. But then it's never it's mentioned again, and then them. they're just blowing things up. Yeah. But Michael Keaton, yeah, he's just through. fully driven. Everything he does is for money, basically, yeah. and to sell this stuff. And yeah. because he kind of feels like he's being put down by the government. Which he is. Yeah. He actually is. He's not making yeah. up that he is. Yeah. That's good. He's a really good villain. And, yeah. And his he's the eagle, right, or the hawk? Vulture. The vulture. And he has this big, like, mechanical vulture suit. And it is a, it's creepy. It's scary. <laughs> What's so creepy about it is that it's very big, but it moves very jerky and fast and, like quick. and weird. It's scary. And, um, you know, it's just the, it's a really good use of special effects because you couldn't build an actual, you could never build an actual thing that moved like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because it's too big to move like that. And that's what makes it so creepy is because there's no, it should not be able to move that fast <laughs> and it's so big. Um, besides that, there's scenes in this that are scary. It's frightening. They're really good plot turning points. Surprises. Um, My favorite kind surprises. of surprise is I am not easy to surprise. Not tooting my own horn. That's just how it is. I often see something coming from a mile away. Or if I don't see it coming, it's because the plot doesn't justify it. And it makes no sense. But Spider-Man has surprises that are justified by the plot and actually surprise you. You don't see them coming. Yeah. Which is hard to pull off. Not even just a, it's not even just like a soft... Like, here's a surprise, like a jump scare or something, but like a jump surprise. No, an actual It's like plot an actual plot turning point, yeah. and, then you're, and then you're terrified, and you retroactively think about what the implications, and mm-hmm. are scared what's mm-hmm. happening on the scene. Man, so few movies, let alone a Marvel movie that has this big of a budget and stuff, with so many people working on it, you know? Yeah. So few movies can pull off some of the scenes that happen in this movie, in terms of just making them so dramatic. I just can't believe it actually exists as a Marvel movie. It should not be able to have been made. <laughs> It's um, it's that good. Now, the only oh nope, boy. nope. Oh. This is perfect. Okay. You... <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing I would say is that all that stuff. The only thing I wish was that it didn't really need to be Spider-Man as the hero. It could have been anybody, and I just have baggage from the Raimi Spider-Man. It's just I like Spider-Man. I, yeah. <laughs> I like that version of him where he's um kind of a dorky high schooler and he's supposed to be dorky in this one, but I he's bl- not really. I didn't know. I feel blame this one. the amazing Spider-Man for this whole concern that you're voicing right now. I think that if the amazing Spider-Man had not come out in between and been a useless sack of crap and oversaturated us with Spider-Man, none of this would be an issue. If it had been the Raimi's good Spider-Man, as you're saying, and then there had been, you know, five, six years, whatever, I don't know how long, of a break from Spider-Man, and then this movie, I think that you'd be perfectly fine with it being Spider-Man. But, like, I just don't get, like, I, you know, I've never it's read the, the comics, really. the amazing Spider-Man's fault. So, it, but the thing is, this movie diverts from the themes and stuff from the first Spider-Man movies, right? The Raimi Spider-Man. It's much more about youth than the Raimi Spider-Mans are. Yeah, and I don't know what the actual comic books are like, but I'm really, I really like the ideas explored in the Raimi Spider-Man. Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man. Um... 
you know, the idea, great power comes great responsibility, stuff like that, you know, can you do the right thing? Stuff like that, you know? I like that stuff, and it's not really here. This is a good movie, but it's different from those themes, you know? It's just a, it's just a fundamentally different story, basically. And so, you know, I just kind of wish they'd used a different hero for it. And I don't know which version is cl- probably, probably Spider-Man is long-running enough that I can explore both, right? Yeah. But, um, I just... I don't know. I wish it just had been a new hero. Because, you know, you could really have any hero do the stuff that happened in here. Could have been anybody. Not necessarily. There's not heroes that lend themselves to that youth storyline. Not a lot of them, I don't think. I suppose. Anyway. It's really good, and I give it an A. A! All right. Okay, so we reviewed superhero movies of the summer for Guardians of the Galaxy we both liked it kind of I was a little more lukewarm than John was John gave it a B I gave it a C although I was leaning towards B a little tenuous about it it's foolish okay all right relax (laughs) and then with Wonder Woman switched roles both liked it still both had some problems with it John a little more than I did I think I was more charmed by its earnestness than John. John gave it a C. I gave it a B. More foolishness. What? <laughs> Get to the good stuff. And then, Spider-Man. A shining moment of agreement because it's an obvious A, so we both gave it one. And is it the best movie of the summer? I can't This say summer? That. I can't think of all the movies this summer. I don't know. I can't. Don't ask that of me. Can't even think of a single other one. Because Spider-Man Homecoming has to be it. What? I can't think of a single <laughs> other movie? Is that what you're saying? No. There's another movie. No, no, no. I think it has competition. I can't say right now if it's better than Lonely Lucky or if it's better than Baby Driver or if it's... Okay, okay. Okay, well, we can at least say best superhero movie of the summer. Yes, that can be said. Okay. Easily. So thanks for listening. This has been Parenthetical. We've got some movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs>